another episode of the Jam Bass Podcast. I'm Andy Kahn, and on this episode, we'll hear an interview with acclaimed guitarist Nils Lofgren. Jam Bass's Scott Bernstein spoke with Nils, who is a member of Crazy Horse with Neil Young, and is currently on tour with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. We'll get to Scotty's chat with Nils in just a moment, right after we hear from this episode's sponsors. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Topeka Live. Topeka connects you with your favorite artists and people through meaningful shared music experiences in Miramar Beach, Florida. Enjoy a new kind of music vacation. Spend days at the beach and nights listening to music in your reserved coves. 2023 vacations include Moon Crush Pink Moon, taking place April 20th through the 23rd. Moon Crush Pink Moon is a music vacation that lets you embrace the sun at the beach, by the pool, or enjoy your favorite activities. Performers include the Black Crows, the Avid Brothers, Jason Isbell, JJ Gray and Mofro, and more. Mothership Weekend is Mother's Day reinvented. Spend Mother's Day at the beach for Brandy Carlisle's Mothership Weekend from May 12th through the 14th. Celebrating the mothers, the impact makers, and the people who love you like a mother. Watch performances by Brandy Carlisle, Hosier, Bonnie Raitt, Mavis Staples, Nathaniel Rateliff, and more. Moon Crush Blue Moon goes down from September 1st through the 3rd. Savor the last sweet days of summer at the beach and live your best life with Ben Rector, Need to Breathe, and many others this Labor Day weekend at the inaugural Moon Crush Blue Moon. Visit Topeka.live for details and to purchase tickets to Moon Crush Pink Moon, Mothership Weekend, and Moon Crush Blue Moon today. Delfest is the sponsor of this episode. Delfest is Allegheny County's premier bluegrass festival, celebrating the rich legacy of Del McCurry with some of the best-known names in bluegrass music, all within a family-friendly and distinctly unique atmosphere. Taking place Memorial Day weekend, May 25th through the 28th, and hosted by Del McCurry and family, the 15th annual Delfest welcomes to the stage the Del McCurry Band, the Traveling McCurries, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, Trampled by Turtles, Pigeons Playing Ping Pong, Sam Bush, The Infamous String Dusters, California Honey Drops, Sierra Farrell, Molly Tuttle and Golden Highway, and so many more musical acts playing around the clock for nearly four days. Located along the Potomac River in the scenic Appalachian Mountains, the Allegheny County Fairgrounds in Cumberland, Maryland serve as the ideal location for Delta. The fairgrounds are conveniently located near four major airports and can be easily reached by rail or road. For more information, including camping, parking, partners, and more, Please visit Delfest.com and follow Delfest on all social platforms. Spend Memorial Day weekend with the Del McCurry Band at Delfest 2023. Grab your tickets today. As I mentioned before the break, Jambase's Scott Bernstein interviewed Nils Lofgren, and Scotty is here with me now. How's it going, Scotty? Doing pretty well, Andy. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I, I got to admit, I wish I was still on vacation in Hawaii, but thankful to have had such a great week on Kauai. Um, you know, I also got to admit, when I got back, I was pretty excited to hear that you'd booked an interview with Niels Lofgren. So when did you get to chat with him? It, it, it was really quite an experience. Um, I spoke with him on uh, Tuesday, which is the day before we're recording this and two days before the episode comes out. He had just finished up a E Street Band show with Bruce Springsteen the previous night in Brooklyn and was actually at a hotel here in Manhattan. Oh, wow. Very cool. Very cool. So, so he's on tour with, with, with the boss right now. And I imagine that's got to be pretty demanding and hectic. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty glad he was still able to carve out some time to chat with you. 
Yeah, he certainly has a busy schedule, and uh, I was kept kept to a pretty strict time limit, and it was clear the focus was on the the projects with Neil and and Crazy Horse. But I definitely got some great insights from him. He shared some fun stories, and it was interesting to hear about all these projects that he's involved in. That's cool, man. And I, I you know, I'm I'm sure there's probably a lot more you could have covered, considering how busy Nils is with. Neil Young and Crazy Horse and, and Springsteen and the E Street Band. I mean, it can go on and on, right? It It's nuts. In no, this past November, Neil Young Crazy Horse released the excellent album World Record. And we hit upon it for a, a minute, maybe. And I was so, I, I had like five or six or seven questions ready to go, but, but Nils is a talker. So combine that with the, the time limit. And, uh, I'm just happy that we got in what we got in. Well, yeah, thankfully you were able to talk about, like you said, some of the other crazy horse releases and projects he's been working on. So, so like, uh, what were some of the things that you did touch on? One of the main focus was All Roads Lead Home, which is a really cool album that he just released with his Crazy Horse bandmates, Ralph Molina, Billy Talbot, and of course, Neil Young, where they each contributed individually songs to this one collective album. He talked about how that came together. We also talked about Somewhere Under the Rainbow, which is a bootleg that Neil Young is releasing mm-hmm. uh, later this month. In, in April 2023 that was recorded in 1973 with the Santa Monica Flyers, which was Ralph Molina, Billy Talbot, Nils, and the late Ben Keith. And he shared, again, some some incredible stories about that tour, which was in support of Tonight's the Night which was supposed to come out before the tour, didn't wind up coming out for another year later. And it was an intense period for those guys. And Nils told me all about it. I can, I can only imagine how intense it was for them. And I'm, I'm, I hope everybody out there listening is excited as I am to hear the, your interview with Nils Lofgren, which we'll lead into now with the track, Go With Me.
I'm extremely excited to welcome Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Nils Lofgren to the Jam Bass Podcast. How are you doing today, Nils? I'm great, man. I had a great show last night uh, with with the East Street Band. Um, a couple day, a few days ago, the uh, All Rose Lead Home album came out. Me, Billy, Ralphie, and Neil compilation record came out, and uh, just excited to be uh, back on the road playing and have some new music coming out. Um, very excited about that. And uh, also, I think uh, April 21st, Neil's releasing uh, Under the Rainbow, a, a bootleg recording that was really done well, thankfully, of the Tonight's Tonight Tour, the infamous Tonight's Tonight Tour in 73 in England, which is a very, uh, you know, powerful chapter for me. And uh, so a lot of good stuff going on. But uh, it's funny, I just realized March 31st, this great compilation record came out with me, Billy and Ralph, who we've been working on for the last year and a half and happy to have that out to share. You're doing my job for me. You just introduced all three albums that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> and you brought us back to All Roads Lead Home, which is where I was hoping to start. Um, it's it's an album unlike any other that you've been involved in. Can, can you tell us how, how the genesis of how it came together? Yeah, well, you know, Billy and Ralphie and I and Neil stay in touch. And then those are just for anyone who happens to be living under a rock. Nils is crazy horse bandmates. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Neil Young, of course, one of our uh, no better writer, performer, singer, guitar no producer uh, in rock history, just music, period. And of course, Ralph Molina, the drummer of Crazy Horse for well over half a decade. Billy, baseball. Um, I started working with uh, with Neil and... Um, and, and Ralphie on the After the Gold Rush album when I was 18, early 1970. Shortly after that, we made a Crazy Horse album without Neil, which they'd always planned to do. And I was uh, honored they asked me to join the band along with Jack Nitsche, famous uh, arranger, great piano player. He played piano and produced the album. But the great Danny Witten, you know, one of my heroes, Neil's other guitarist in the original band. But anyway, Ralphie and Billy had been recording at home and they had a concept of putting out um, their music, uh, maybe as a double album, even. Uh, Billy had an entire album and Ralphie was short a song or two. And he called me and said, look, instead of me uh, keep going after this, why don't you contribute a song? And I said, well, I think I have one for you. I was slowly but surely working on a solo record of my own at the time. But I always loved working with Billy and Ralphie. And because of the pandemic, we were all at home, kind of doing our thing individually. And then, and you know, Ralphie said, by the way, actually, I need three songs. And I'm like, well, <laughs> three's different than one. He said, I know, but that's what I need. I'm asking you. So I said, okay, well, let me go on that mission and see if I can honor your request. And as that, that was kind of evolving, um, you know, I know Ralphie at some stage reached out to Neil Said, Neil, we're we, you know we're get doing this kind of compilation record. We got Nils involved. Wonder if maybe you could contribute a bonus track. And when Neil got wind of it, uh, this is kind of my understanding through Ralphie and Billy. Um, you know, he said, "Well, why don't you guys?" Because uh, you know we love vinyl, of course. Vinyl has a warmth to it, so you want to make it in CD, vinyl, and download formats for anyone who can access their favorite format. 
But Neil's suggestion was, uh, and I thought it was a great one, why don't you skip the idea of a double album just because you have the songs. I mean, you have to do it. Why don't you take the best, the best of what you're all doing, take three songs each, take my bonus track, do a 10-song vinyl, you know, keep it lean and mean, and put out a vinyl and, uh, you know, of course, CD and download. And that way you can pick the best of uh, what, what your work is at the moment and save the others for something down the road. So that's what we wound up doing. And uh, it just came out on uh, NYA Records, uh, Warner Brothers. Very thrilled about it. Um, we would exchange um, tapes, you know, of what their songs were in mind, because I wanted to get a feel for what the record would be. And we give each other, you know, ideas or suggestions as we rough mix them together. Uh, my brother Tom, Tom Lofgren, who joined Grin as a teenager for our third and fourth Your album. first band? Yeah, my first band out of Washington, D.C., Grin. Uh, Tommy was visiting me and Amy, my wife Amy, in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, so he was there and he sang beautifully on uh, two of my tracks. Um, you Will Never Know and Go With Me. It's Tom Lofgren singing with me and he's coming up with those cool harmony parts. So anyway, there's a lot of uh, good music and hope in this project that uh, was born of being creative while we're kind of locked down and apart from each other. Because it's just kind of messy with COVID to bring people in your home constantly. And, you know, you can test everyone, but it's kind of an inexact science. And uh, this way we kept being creative just to keep uh, keep our gifts nurtured and, you know, keep the, I mean, I, I got a gift for music and how I put notes together I didn't ask for. I came from my folks and some higher power. So, you know, rather than let it wither, I thought it'd be good to keep recording and uh, Ralphie, put this request to me, which gave me, you know, impetus to write some more songs and look through my old notebooks and come up with three songs for him. And it was three different artists. Well, four, including Neil, different bands. Did anyone else besides Tom join you on your tracks or did you play all the instruments? You know, um, one of the tracks that I really uh, liked, um, Fill My Cup. That's my favorite. Yeah. Thanks. It was a really... Uh, that was kind of a basement demo um, back in, I think, the early 90s. I was living in L.A., and I had this cool 12-string acoustic, uh, Patillo 12-string acoustic. And Kevin McCormick, a dear old friend, producer, bass player extraordinaire, said, Kevin, why don't you come up and help me make some demos? So Kevin was playing live with me in the room, and we got a really good take, and I found that old kind of demo, if you will. And it really felt great. And I thought, well, let me add, you know, some drums and other touches, uh, like, you know, Wurlitzer piano, some guitars, harmonies. Let me fill it out because I already had the uh, acoustic rhythm and kind of thematic lead rhythm and a great bass part by Kevin. So that was one uh, demo that I always loved and never did anything with that I was able to fill out and complete.
uh, Go With Me was a old, very kind of the, you know, leave it to beaver days of young, true love, very in it, a lot of innocence. And uh, I had a, you know, really scratchy demo and I always liked the song. I thought, why don't you start from scratch? You just do it right. So I did that. And uh, then I had this lyric, you will never know um, that I really liked, but it was such an ancient, you know, it was in one of my older notebooks, kind of the idea is, um, you know, somebody's mistreating their girl and she's fabulous and you steal her away. And, uh, you know, you're kind of sending a letter to this guy saying, you'll, you know, you'll never know what she's doing today with someone who respects her and loves her. And uh, I took the lyric and started from scratch and wrote a, a current melody and piece of music that just felt like more like it would be part of this record. So those were my three. And of course, uh, now one of my favorite tracks is uh, Billy's song, The Rain, which opens the record. I think that's a great track. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, after all, all these paths we, we, the record takes, we end with this beautiful kind of haunting, very acoustic piano sax and Ralphie's beautiful falsetto voice. And uh, anyway, it's a beautiful record. It takes a lot of nice turns. And of course, Neil gave us a beautiful bonus track with uh, uh, time of the time of the seasons. Song of the seasons. Song of the seasons. Man, I've been working on so many different records. I all get jumbled up. Which I is mean, from the, the Colorado, I believe, right? It dates back to co- no, Colorado. Barn? From Barn. Okay. Um. The yeah. second of three Crazy Horse albums yeah, oh my that came God. out in recent years. I've been playing with the band again. The last one might be my favorite world record because we did some really gentle, peaceful stuff. And then we did some really raunchy, too grungy guitar things. So it's just a joy to have friends of over 53 years that I'm still close to, to be creative and keep you know getting together and making new music. But uh, this was something we all did at home when the pandemic was raging. And we thought, hey, why don't we share what we've been up to and let people hear it? Was there any thought given to getting together and once you could get together and recording these songs as the the quartet? Well, you know, once they reached out, they were pretty deep into their records, right? And they were pretty happy with them. So, you know, the, the thought is always... Hey Neil, write some more songs. Let's yeah. do another. Let's do another Neil Young and Crazy Horse record. And Neil's always writing. Um, you know, World Record was funny because he said, "Yeah, I may, maybe by summer, maybe by summer." And he said, "Hey Nilsson, I'm still writing. Uh, you think you get here May first and we'll start recording?" He said, "Neil, May first isn't summer." <laughs> but uh, you know, we made it all work because when he's excited about something, he has the songs. It's a real chance to fly, you know, with Billy and Ralphie and our history. And, um, you know, it's just great because, you know, of course, Neil jumps around from all the different pianos, uh, keyboards, pump organ, and so do I because of my keyboard history. So uh, it's fun because you can always go to another instrument. I got my accordion there, which always is a good sound to have in, in you know, the tool- toolbox for Neil and Crazy Horse or anything Neil writes. So anyway, we, we thought, well, we're happy with it. The stuff sounds good. Let's not, you know, worry about reinventing it. Let's just carry on. And Neil gave us a great idea. You know, for now, why don't you take the best of everything and make one solid, great vinyl? And that's what we did. I bet you love to hear her play piano. 
in terms of going back to fill fill my cup, um, you, you talked about how it, it it dated back a while. Did you? Uh, you're so prolific. You've written so many songs over the years. Did you go through an an old collection of lyrics and or, or recordings and find it, or did you have it in mind as this project came up? Yeah, you know, I, I did. I didn't have it in mind, but when Ralphie. You know, Ralphie informed me that, you know, hey, I made a mistake. I don't want one song. I want three or more. I said, well, let's start with three and see if I can find that. So I went through my old notebook, lyric notebooks, got a stack of them. And that's how I found You Will Never Know. And I just felt like when I saw the lyric, I didn't need to. I didn't remember if I even ever made a demo of it. I don't remember the song at all musically. So that was a sign for me, write it right now, write new music, which I did. I did an open G tuning and did uh, something with more of a drum. Rollicking. Yeah. And um, with, uh, but then when Ralphie wanted me to contribute more, I started going through my old, um, I'm I'm probably the only professional musician that still has a DAT player and a CD. (laughs) And all my friends make fun of me and shake their heads. But, I went through a lot of old dats of demos and just looked at titles and went, oh yeah, yeah, let me check these out. And I'd go listen through. And a lot of them were like, eh, not, not for this project. But then when um, I, I came across Go With Me, you know, the demo was too primitive and, and scratchy and it needed to be updated, but I, I liked the, the main structure of it and the song and I thought that would be a good one. And again, in going through those old demos, that's how I rediscovered uh, Kevin McCormick on bass playing with the main 12 string track on Fill My Cup. And I knew that'd be a great one to transfer, kind of clean it up as best you could. Jamie Weddle, my engineer, and worked so hard with me on so many projects over the last 20 years, did a great job getting it in shape for me to start adding parts to. And that, and it's got such a nice flow to it, even though it's three different bands and Neil um, recording the tracks. Was there much communication as you were completing this process? Well, there was in the sense that um, we'd all share, uh, we'd share the works in progress. Okay. And, you know, maybe have some comments more sonically. Or just, you know, hey, what about an extra harmony here? Oh, I love what you did there. Maybe put it somewhere else. And, you know, we all we were all producing our own stuff. But we all, I mean, nobody at this stage, nobody has bad musical ideas. You know, they're all solid. So it was nice to just confer on the songs. Um, uh, you know, Billy sent me uh, like 10 or 12 songs. And, you know, he said, I'm just curious what your take is on it. And I'm pretty sure, you know, like my top four or five included his three. Okay. And there were a couple others that he was, yeah, I'm not sure about that. And then I told him my opinions and, you know, he had his own, but uh, uh, he had a lot of good stuff and so did Ralphie. But, uh, you know, it, we definitely came to the cream of the crop pretty quickly. And uh, thanks to Neil putting in that bonus track, we had a solid uh, 10 song album and, uh, got the vinyl approved, and uh, here we are. It's out. I love it. Was there any thought to naming it just Crazy Horse rather than your last names? We didn't. We didn't want to do that. Um, Crazy Horse is an entity that. Okay. Look, the the first when Danny Witten was alive, 
there was even before I met the band, when I met them, there was already a plan in place. I think in 69, when I met them, there was a plan in place for Crazy Horse to make an album without Neil, featuring Danny Witten as a lead singer. Ralphie and Billy sing great harmony. Ralphie does the high parts you've listened to for 50 years on Neil's record. Brilliant. And he's a great lead singer. But that was always the plan. So I was just lucky because when I met them, by the time they got around to making that record, Jack Nitsche and I both were asked to join the band, which we did. <coughs> but, um, you know, now that Danny's gone, I'm sorry, what was the question? I'm, I'm spacing out here. Well, no, we were talking about just the flow <laughs> of it and whether uh, the, the last names as... Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So once Danny was gone, you know, they carried on, uh, made a couple records as Crazy Horse. But really, from my perspective, it, it's always been Neil Young and Crazy Horse. That's the cream of the crop of those those collaborations. and. Um, it just felt like since these were solo works of Billy's and Ralphie's and mine, it would be better not to do that because it's a little misleading. And, you know, we just decided to let people know these are crazy for, again, for people who aren't familiar, which some are, it's crazy horse bandmates doing their solo work, making a compilation with a, you know, a great bonus track from our lead singer and leader of the band, uh, Neil Young. So. That's why we didn't want to just call it Crazy Horse, because it really wasn't just that. And after Danny passed, um, not too long after the, the Santa Monica Flyers got together, it's Neil Young and the Santa Monica Flyers that are featured on Somewhere Under the Rainbow, which is coming out soon as one of two new installments of, of Neil's bootleg series. Um, first of all, where did the name come from, Santa Monica Flyers? I don't know. You know, I, no, I couldn't I, find that anywhere. What's that? I couldn't find that anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I don't even remember that that was our name. <laughs> of course, I was, I was, you know, the theme of tonight's night was, you know, drink, sip a little tequila and take a little talk of some tie weed and let's help navigate this, you know, brutal era where, you know, our, our friends and heroes were all dying on us, you know? So, um, it was, uh, you know, Neil came up with that, but it wasn't like an official thing, right? I don't remember, like the Tonight Tonight album. That was that did that appear on the Tonight Tonight album? Do you know? Um, I I know, I know that some of the tracks are credited to Santa Monica Flyers, others to the Stray Gators. On um, on, Tonight's on Tonight's Tonight. Tonight um, really? At, at least uh, I don't know on the vinyl itself, but. Um, in, in terms of the research I did in, in terms of who played on what. And yeah, I was so wrapped up in the music and the friendships and excited about, you know, jumping from guitar to piano um, that I, I just, I, I didn't even realize we had that band name. Till, and now it's kind of dawning on me, right? After all these years. But um, it, it's cool to hear such a raw sounding recording of it and an audience recording that, of course, Neil's team sweetened up. And, um, you know, do you have mem do you have memories of that night at, at the Rainbow in London? Yeah, you know, I re I remembered, um, you know, the whole tour 
was kind of a wake album for me. You know, I was so upset that Danny had died. And then Bruce Barry, who was, uh, I gotten to know, I, I did uh, Stephen's second solo album, Stephen Stills' second solo okay. album. And I, I was in uh, Key Biscayne for a month in Florida working. And Bruce Barry was like the guitar tech down there. So I got to be friends with Bruce. And, uh, you know, it just, it was just startling because it was that kind of cross between the hippie dippy free love stoner sixties. And all of a sudden, you know, things took a really dark turn and, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Brian Jones, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, uh, you know, all these people were passing away and things just got ugly and dark. And it really, uh, you know, I, I, there was a, you were really ill at ease and kind of angry, you know, yeah. and like, what the hell? And, um, you know, regarding Neil and that record, it was also uh, kind of like, you know, when we recorded the record, Neil and David said, look, this is an anti-production record. We're going to record live completely. You're going to sing live. When Neil gets the vocal that has the emotion, we're done. No one's going to change a note. No one's going to fix a mistake. So stay down in it. We want people to really hear how visceral and powerful it is. And we don't even want you to learn the songs too well. It's in a chill up and down my spine. When I picked up the telephone and heard that he died out on the main line. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. It was a fascinating, ambitious study, you know, and like we go, we shoot pool, uh, you know, sit around and commiserate from about dinner till midnight. Then we go into the rehearsal hall at one end with couches. Neil would play us three or four songs. We're like, OK, get an idea like Nils, maybe we play the Gold Rush upright on this. But we didn't have the Gold Rush. I'm sorry. We had Tonight's the Night Piano, Baby Grand. And then we go back and forth, um, me on piano, him on guitar. And then we go to the other side, plug in, and we play those, you know, four songs as a set. And maybe go through them once or twice. And me and Ralphie, Billy, Ben were singing. We don't even really know the lyrics. It was very visceral and emotional. And, you know, uh, it just was a very avant-garde, uh, brave thing to do. And... When it finally came out, uh, Under the Rainbow, I mean, we were in England, of course, where Neil is revered as like one of the great poets on earth, like Bob Dylan. Everyone wanted to hear Helpless, Heart of Gold. Yeah. And we go out there playing an album they never heard, front to back. We had, you know, nailed 16-inch glitter boots on the piano, had a palm tree with a roadie and a light bulb. Neil was doing these raps in the mic. People are like, what in the hell am I seeing here? And it was quite, I mean, when they sent me the tape of Under the Rainbow, I was just thrilled how it sounded and felt so raw and primitive. But, you know, it, we were all, you know, smuggled in our cases of Cuervo. 
high weed. And it was just a, a mad time. And, but, you know, the, you know, somehow the music and the madness uh, of that chapter saved and healed us, uh, you know, through the grief and the rage of losing all our friends and heroes. And I imagine, I hope some people in the audience got that from it, too. Uh, absolutely. Visceral fuck. You know, I mean, I don't know how we're going to get through this and it feels awful, but let's play through it. Let's write, create and play ourselves through it. And it helped me, man. It sure helped me. So God bless Neil for taking that on. And absolutely, you know, trying to have a, uh, you know, I guess for lack of a better word, a, a musical touring wake adventure <laughs> yeah. of surviving, yeah. losing really good friends and heroes all in a short span. You know, well, um, I, that tour, you really, you kept the set list fairly the, the, the same. And, you know, I'm going to wrap up here and, and let you get going. Um, but I wanted to talk about uh, for the, the, the tour that you're on right now with Bruce, you've also been keeping the set list fairly the same. It's It's been uh, very few changes from from night to night. Do you have a preferred do you do you prefer it that way or you like it more open ended? Well, you know, um I mean, I'm thrilled and honored to be touring with uh, Bruce and the E Street Band. Um, I think uh, the band and the audiences are as inspiring as ever. And honestly, I, I love to play live. That's my favorite part of my job. So I don't. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't question it past then. One of the beauties of not being the band leader, right? Yeah is everything non-musical disappears for me. Everything I do is musical. So I'm just like Bruce or Neil or Ringo or whoever it is, like, what do you want to get done tonight? I'm in. Past that, I don't have any, you know, prerequisites or suggestions. I'm like, what do you want to get done? I'm in. And that's basically it. Absolutely. Well, Nils, thank you so much for your time. It's three great albums. People can catch you on tour with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band for the remainder of the year. Hopefully, there'll be some point where you can bring this incredible world record, which we didn't have a chance to talk too much about, to this stage. Um, but I, I, I wish you the best, and I, I look forward to seeing you in concert soon. And, and thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks, man. I'd love to tour with World Record and Crazy Wars. That sounds great. And, uh, you know, my joke is that when I go to Bruce's management and um, Neil's management and say, hey, guys, between the two bands, I've got 90 years in. I've been a pretty good employee. <laughs> How about you cut me a break and let me write the touring schedule for two years? And they look at me and laugh and say, get lost. So, <sighs> but anyway, I'm thrilled to be out here and I'm living in the possibility there's more recordings and live work for Neil and Crazy Horse with me there. So that's my plan. Maybe it's my
We've reached the end of this episode of the Jambase Podcast. Many thanks to all of you out there for listening. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet, and leave us a review if you like what you hear. Thanks to Nils Lofgren for taking the time out of his busy schedule to chat with us. Catch him and Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band on tour now. Thanks to our sponsors, To Beagle Live and Delfest, for their support of the podcast. Thanks to Jake Alexander for helping produce the episode. We'll be back next week with another fun new episode. So in the meantime, stay safe out there and go see live music.